Okay, guys, welcome to another end of another month. I can't, I feel like it just comes faster and faster every single time. <laughs> well, and now we're like facing December, which Christmas is right around the corner. And that's true. That's very anxiety uh, filling for me because I'm not ready. A little bit, a little bit. I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. Yes, I hope, hope you all did. We did. So. We did. Okay, so this is Myth and Monsters, Myths and Monsters, episode 21. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about the bunny man. What are you talking about? The bunny man. Uh-huh. That's, and I assume that's not like the Easter bunny. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about the island of dolls. Oh, that sounds creepy. Yeah. So I will, I will, I don't you know what it's all about. I don't like dolls. You want me but to go first? Yes. Um, sure. Okay. So the bunny man. At the stroke of midnight on Halloween, a killer in white rabbit and a white rabbit suit awaits. Lore has it that if you speak his name three times, he'll appear. Bunny man, bunny man, bunny man. No, thanks. Why would anybody say it? I don't know. Well, you just did, I guess, but. But don't expect to survive. He'll slash your head off with a hatchet. What if he just like walked out of the bathroom right now? (laughs) I don't know what I would do. Another uh, rendition of this is uh, that it's the spirit of an escaped mental patient that haunts oh. this bridge. It's a bridge that this oh, happens I see. at. Okay. And it says that he escaped hell bent on avenging the murders of his wife and child who were slain nearby and that he lived in the woods near the bridge and killed and ate rabbits wearing their skins and leaving their mutilated bodies hanging from the trees. Oh, that's just rude. He should have eaten them. And then one Halloween night, he ta- taunted by some town children he killed them too oh cute yeah and one of the versions says there were they were half eaten oh okay skinned and half eaten half eaten all right um the bunny man bridge was featured in the fox documentary scariest places on earth where is this sorry it's here in virginia i don't think i said that okay it's actually in fairfax county virginia oh all right and that was where uh halloween uh, halloween thanksgiving was celebrated so i was thinking about virginia ah sure uh, and you can find it all across the internet and the stories are all very different, but yeah. Um, the town, the town benefits from it because it brings tourists in um, and pre pandemic, apparently thousands came to get, you know, to try to find this bunny man. But if he cuts off your head, like why even bother? That's like a- why not go find a friendly ghost spirit? Good question. You like know, Casper. Sure. <laughs> But I just one that's Casper. not like one that's just not the legend where like if you say his name then he slashes off your head. Like I feel like that's just why I go look for that. Yeah, I only saw that in one place. I, you know, this repeating his name. Oh, fair enough. Okay, so the possible origins of this. There were two incidents in Fairfax County, Virginia in 1970. Um and it has several variations, but most involve a man wearing a rabbit costume who attacks people with an axe or hatchet. Cute. So most of the stories occur around this Clochester overpass, which is a Southern railway overpass. It's a single lane, turns into a single lane road to go under it. Yeah. Um, And now it's called the Bunny Man Bridge, which sounds lovely, but it's a super cute name. Yeah. Cute name. Not so cute story. So the first incident was reported the evening of October 19th, 1970 by an Air Force Academy cadet, Robert Bennett, and his fiance, who were visiting relatives on that road. Yeah. And around midnight, they were coming back from a football game, and they stopped their car on the road to visit an uncle who lived across the street. Right. So 
as they sat in the front seat of the car with the motor running, they hadn't even turned it off yet. They noticed something moving outside their rear window. Mm -hmm. Moments later, the front passenger window was broken, just smashed. And there was a white clad figure standing near the broken window. Bennett turned the car around and while the man was screaming at them about trespassing, he said, you're on private property. I have your tag number. And as they drove down the road, they realized that there was a hatchet on the car floor that he had broken the window with a hatchet and it fell into the car. Great. Okay. So they went to the police and Bennett insisted that the guy was wearing a bunny suit and had long bunny ears, but the fiance said, no, he was just dressed in white. There weren't any bunny ears, but they were both terrified. So right. So which one is right? Um, the aunt of them, I don't know if it was the fiance or Bennett himself, but she was interviewed and remembered picking out the hair, the um, glass from the, oh, I see. the girl's hair. So right. something happened for sure. Yeah. Um, they both remembered seeing his face, but because it was dark, they couldn't determine what his race was. And the police gave the hatchet back to Bennett after examination because there was no proof of anything. Right. So the second incident was reported on the evening of October 29th, 1970. That's 10 days later Mm -hmm. when the uh, construction security guard, Paul Phillips, approached a man standing on the porch of an unfinished home on that same road. Um, He said the man was wearing a gray, black and white bunny costume and was about 20 years old, five feet, eight inches tall and weighed about 175 pounds. He began chopping at a porch post with a long handled axe saying you're trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop off your head. Oh, cute. Maybe that's where the chopping the head off thing. Came Maybe from. I think yeah. a lot of little pieces of these stories have now become like the into this urban legend. Yeah. The Fairfax County actually opened investigations into both incidents, but both were eventually closed for lack of evidence. And the weeks following these incidents, more than 50 people contacted the police claiming to have seen the bunny man. Several newspapers, including the Washington Post, reported that the bunny man had eaten a man's runaway cat. Oh, poor kitty. I know. So another incident that occurred at this bridge, which this one may or may not be true. The timing is off. Parts of the timing have been debunked, but it doesn't mean the story itself might not be correct. It says that in 1904 a group of convicts were um, taken from the, uh, there's an asylum apparently in Clifton, Virginia, and they were put onto a bus to be transported to a nearby prison. Yeah. And on the way, one of the buses crashed and convicts managed to escape. The police were able to, to round up all of them, but one. And as the search went on, they, they found skinned half eaten bunnies in the woods and hanging from the overpass of the bridge, which is the bunny man the bridge. Bunny man bridge. A year later, on Halloween night, several teens went to hang out under the bridge. Come morning, they were all found dead. Oh. It is said that if you hang out under the bridge on Halloween night, you'll meet the same fate as the rabbits and the teenagers. And to this day, there have been many sightings of dead rabbits around the woods around that bridge. Yeah. Um, as well as a white figure appearing late at night under the bridge. Okay. So parts of these stories have all been debunked, debunked, like the asylum that they were supposedly being transported wasn't built till 1916. Oh, and that was in 1904. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, but it doesn't mean that it, the time, the year might've just been wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it could still be, um, it's still creepy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's still to this day stories of dead rabbits around that, 
that bridge every year. Yeah. And someone in a rabbit suit throwing hatchets at parked cars or uh, passing cars or lovers in parked cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So yeah, something in Virginia where we spent Thanksgiving. Well, and I think, you know, that'd be like the interesting start of like an urban fantasy story where, you know, someone's called in because of all these dead rabbits that are around or like someone gets murdered there Mm -hmm. in much the same manner as the dead rabbits and like that kind of thing. Um, And your main character has to be the one to go and check it out and check like magical signatures or something in the area. I like that idea. What's that series that we just got done watching where there were cats that were found dead? Oh, it was um, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. So Yeah. yeah, you can use pieces from these urban legends to come up with some really right. cool stories and i can just like already envision like okay my character pulls up in her car by this bridge mm-hmm. and da, 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 da. so mm-hmm. like that'd be really interesting were there any other people found dead after that because it said you know the legend has it like if you go there then you're gonna end up dead too yeah teenagers. i like, couldn't find any but yeah. there were so many websites that popped up when i started searching it yeah there very well could have been interesting so yeah cool yeah What's your story? Well, I, well, first of all, that makes me want to write a whole other book. And I just, I don't have that. So. <laughs> this one sparks something in her guys. And it's true. Not that it'll, maybe it'll make, whatever. We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay. One of my characters is in Virginia. So oh, she potentially could go there. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. that would be exciting. It would be interesting. Okay. Um, I'm covering the Island of Dolls. And that I just got. sounds. <laughs> A little eerie. I don't like dolls. (laughs) Yeah. mm, No. So I got all of this information from the New York Post and I did a lot of uh, paraphrasing um, and a few direct quotes Mm -hmm. uh, from the article. But like, if you guys want to read more in depth, they talk about it a little bit better than I do here. Um, So it was really interesting. So, and also I'm going to go ahead. This takes place in Mexico. Okay. So I'm going to apologize for any pronunciations that I get wrong. Yes. Um, Feel free to holler at me about them. Sounds great. Uh, so in the canals of Xochimilco, which is Mexico City's last vestige of the Aztecs, it's said to be one of the most haunted locations in the world, the Island of Dolls. So I just listened to a podcast episode uh, on, and that's why we drink. I, I love that. And M covered this one and they told it really well. It was really well researched. So if you also want to learn a little bit more about it, go listen to M. That's why we that's drink. so funny because I went, as I was doing this one in Virginia, it made me think of him because she's from Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if she's done this story. I haven't, I'm not caught up on all of their episodes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. So this island is a single acre and it houses three huts and a crowd of decaying dolls. So that's why it's called the Island just, of Dolls. Why? So I'll get into it. So you can look up pictures of this place. It's pretty creepy. Like I've looked at all the pictures. Um, I was super curious about it after and covered it. And, and that's why we drank. Um, and so I went and found pictures and as I was looking for a topic for today, I was like, you know what, that, that would actually be a really fun one to cover. Yeah. Um, locals swear that they see ghosts and hear shadows, uh, talking and they believe that that Island is cursed. So that's where like the, maybe a little bit of weird stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So Gerardo Ibarra, co-founder of a sustainable travel company in Mexico, told the Post that during the time of Cortez, many people fled to these uh, islands on on those canals. To get away. Right. And so, like, a lot of these people were women and children hiding from the conquistadors and were just using it as a place to disappear. Right. And kind of just vanished. They couldn't be captured. Um, it stands within the city limits of Mexico City, which was originally an island in a vol- volcanic caldera lake surrounded by the Sierra Madre Mountains. Okay. 
So the Aztec Empire of, you know, it was 1300 BC to 1521 BC. Okay. Super old. Yeah. Um, was the first to start developing the area, building a system of man-made islands called Chinampas and a canal system for farmers to navigate them. So that's kind of how these islands came about. Okay. So after the Aztecs were defeated in the Spanish-Aztec War, much of the Chinampas were filled were filled in and turned into the basis of the city that we know today as Mexico City. I had no idea about that. Me neither. Interesting. Um, except for the southern end of Mexico City and Xochimilco, where the Chinampas and canal systems still exist, and they're an integral part of um, local life and are a world heritage site. So that's pretty cool. They Just some still fun used history for farming and stuff too. I, I think so. Yeah, Makes I think sense. these days it's more of a tourist attraction than anything. Okay. So. At times, the neighborhood was also used as shelter for Mexican revolutionaries and religious pr- practitioners who may have fallen out of favor. So basically, these islands are just like a really good place to kind of disappear for a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, but some of them ended up killed or drowned in these canals, which aids in the haunted and yeah. cursed uh, reputation that it yeah. has. Yeah. So in the 1950s, uh, Julian Santana Barrera found the body of a young girl at the bottom of the waterway just outside his door on that island. Uh, because 50 years ago to 70 years ago, I guess at this point, um, cause it was in the 1950s. Okay. Uh, the water had been clear enough to see to the bottom. So he saw the girl's body and it was just a little girl who had drowned on the, in so the sad. I know. So the girl was swimming with her sister or friends and the current took her and she ended up drowning. Aww. Yeah. Um, so, and that was, uh, a quote by Rogelio Sanchez Santana, who's the current quote guardian of the dolls. Um, on that island. That's the, a great title. I know. Book. I love that name. Right. Now yeah. I'm getting inspired. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, you should write one of these. I think you'd be really good at like the horror factor. I, I really do want to do a horror one. Yeah. So according to him, it was after his uncle found the body that trouble started for him. Oh. So the spirit of the girl was living in sorrow. And in the mornings, Julian started seeing ghosts and one day woke up to find all of his crops had died. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say maybe seeing ghosts is PTSD from finding a dead child's body. Right. But that doesn't explain the dying crops. Yeah, exactly. So this, that's also where the idea of the curse comes from is, you know, his crops start dying. Weird okay. things start happening. Okay. Um, he tried a lot of things to improve his crops, but he couldn't because the spirit had damaged them. Okay. Um, so he became more and more scared as like these things started going on. Like he was hearing voices, he was hearing talking. And then like, obviously he couldn't get his crops to grow. Creepy. Right. So he built an altar in his one room cabin on the Island where he and his wife lived, hoping to appease the spirit, Mm -hmm. but the spirit still came. So he started collecting dolls as a way to protect himself from the spirit and to appease her, to give her, you know, toys to play with or to like, you know, give her the dolls to maybe like make her a little bit happier. So over the next half century, Barrera collected more than a thousand dolls. And apparently it didn't work. But at one point, what point do you decide, hey, this isn't like, working. This is, right. Stop buying dolls. I'd probably after five, to be <laughs> honest, like maybe even before that. But he got these from uh, some trash in the area's main city, others gifted by neighbors and visitors. Like he just gathered them from a lot of different resources and okay. put them all over the island to try to appease the spirit. Um, so they're still there and they're decaying because they're so old at this point. Right. And they're sometimes beheaded and they're really, really creepy. So like a lot of like the pictures, if you go and look at them, they're just covered in dirt. And like, sometimes the cheek is gone, you know, like that that kind of stuff. That is so creepy. 
Yeah. So everywhere you look, there are dirty dolls hanging from trees, nailed to buildings, uh, nailed to houses and the three cabins and the huts that are there. Why? If you're trying to give dolls to this little girl to play with, what the heck does nailing one to a cabin do for the little girl? I have no idea. Oh my God. And then there are also some strung along the clothesline. So they're just like hanging all over the place and are just like there. So in 2001, according to Santana, Barrera died of a heart attack in the same spot where he found the body of the girl. Oh, that's creepy. Right. So the spirit of the girl came to him and dragged him into the water. He and his wife could never have children because of the island. So my uncle took over the guardianship of these dolls. And does the uncle still have issues or do we know? It doesn't seem like it. So after... It it ended with the death of the the one who found the body it seems so but like after the uncle's death in 2019 so relatively recently um santana assumed guardianship of the island so this is the nephew great nephew of barrera who's the one who gathered all of those dolls okay um and he has now assumed guardianship of these dolls um he and his wife have decided not to live on that island and instead live on a nearby island with his wife and children so he was able to have children because right. they didn't live they on didn't that live island. on that island Wow. Over the years, other, several other imitation doll islands have popped up on the canal. So mm. it seems people are trying mm-hmm. to, you know, recreate that. You know, it's a big business. It's mm-hmm. very uh, tourist, tourist yeah. um, friendly and yeah. tourist attractive, I suppose. Uh, but there's only one true island of the dolls, and that's the one that started it all. So Santana says that he sometimes sees some shadows in the night with the moonlight, but other visitors have claimed to have witnessed the dolls' eyes moving and hearing them talk to each other. Oh my God. And that is the story of the Island of the Dolls. I thought you were going to say that the dolls were from the families that had to flee there. Mm, mm -mm. You know, the children brought their dolls and as they died or whatever happened, the dolls were were abandoned. Yeah. No, this man actually decided to gather over a thousand dolls and stick them on this island to appease the spirits there. I think maybe he really did have PTSD. He might have. Absolutely. That's, that would be traumatic. It would be. Yeah. Uh, for sure especially little children little you know, kids. there's nothing worse yeah. than children having issues like that right yeah that one's inspired me that's so funny yeah, yeah. I, but i love that that's that's the title of the book guardian of the dolls guardian of the dolls i, I love it yep, yep. I, i'm already thinking super interesting that's cool that we both i know because the one i read didn't really inspire no and i don't really care to write anything about the island of dolls so that, i love that though. yeah that's well, awesome thanks. So welcome to December, everybody, and we'll have another Myths and Monsters episode, I guess, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So enjoy Christmas, and then we'll have our regular um, weekly episodes, episodes yeah. too, that we'll see you on. But next Myth and Monsters one, not till New Year's New Eve. Year's oh, Eve. my Lord. That I know. Just, I know. That's crazy. It's crazy that that's the next one. All right. Thank you for listening. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys.